ghost train. Tickets, please. Take your seat and enjoy the ride. All aboard! <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm your host Drew Broda, and on this week's podcast I sit down with Tara. She's a ghost investigator from Team Phantom Realm in Washington. She's new to the ghost hunting world, but she's already got a handful of stories to share. We talk about the photos and video evidence that she's been able to catch, so I recommend checking out those pictures on Ghost Train Instagram or Twitter before listening to today's episode. She also talked about a young girl who has been known to frequent an old cemetery and how she was able to communicate with her. Tara also joined the biggest ghost investigation of the year on National Ghost Hunting Day. All aboard! Next stop, Phantom Realm. All right, Tara, welcome to the Ghost Train. You and I contacted each other through Twitter and we got to talking and you had mentioned that you are and uh, your partner Candace are both ghost investigators and you've investigated some pretty creepy places in your short time in this field of work. You want to tell me some of the stories that you have? Yeah, we uh, we have three that are that stick out well in our minds. One of them is here in Washington. It's a, a little cemetery called Mount Hope, and it's in Deming. It's a um, not like your average cemetery. It's more like a, a small plot of land off in the bushes. It's mm-hmm. overgrown, um, but there are a series of little headstones there. I believe it's about five or six different families that are in that specific cemetery. We went there one night to investigate. It's actually one of the first major investigations I had done. And by major, I mean actually getting out there, using equipment, stuff like that. For sure. So I'm over by the woods, and I'd heard from one of the girls that there was the spirit of a little girl that likes to play around in the woods, you know, wants to play. Mm-hmm. So I figured, let's try something. I got out my flashlight and I turned it on. I was aiming it at the woods, kind of like shining it, just see if I see anything. Mm-hmm. And I just started kind of casually talking, letting him know that I was there, that I wasn't there to hurt anybody. I just wanted to communicate and see who all was there with us. And I asked them, I said, if anybody's here with us, please feel free to manipulate this light. If you can turn it off or you can turn it on or dim it or just play around with it see what you see what you can do and i do this for a little bit next thing i know the light starts to go really dim and then it comes back up and then it flickers and then it it starts doing all this crazy stuff Whoa. and i've never had a problem with the flashlight ever before it's always been solid the right. lights always good. brand new batteries everything yeah, yeah. so this is really bizarre behavior <laughs> so i'm just interacting thank you this is awesome you're really doing a great job mm-hmm. yeah Keeping- encouraging it right? You're yeah, you like kind of coaxing it to maybe give a bit more of, of something, right? Exactly. And as I did that, it started to do more and more. And it, it was really wild. And I was able to show my partner, Candace. She came over and stood there real quietly. And I told her, I said, I'm not even touching the button. My hand's nowhere near it. She was like, oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> we were blown away because it was, like I said, first real physical encounter with something and how did that make you feel afterwards were you just kind of shaking like with almost joy that you've finally connected with with the other side you know what i mean yeah there was no fear it was complete joy it was it was amazing wow i'm actually making a connection here (laughs) it really was it was it was a heart racing experience it was it was really awesome didn't last very much longer after that another girl had come up and this is why we were no longer with that team Mm. she kind of started to manipulate the light herself that kind of silenced (laughs) 
the really? Whole. Yeah, no, it's good to know that you're there to call her out on the kind of stuff, right? Yeah, well, we didn't like that because the whole purpose of it is to actually find out if there is someone there and to make contact with them, mm-hmm. make a of it. Yeah. What, and that really that, bothered me, so. <laughs> yeah, that's not cool at all. So yeah. uh, It was a great experience otherwise. Yeah, it was really awesome. I haven't been back since, and I really want to go back because I feel like I kind of have a little unfinished business that left kind of abruptly because somebody, I didn't feel like I had the chance to kind of say thank you. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, you got to get back in there and keep the communication because it obviously was going through you as well, right? You were the one that it came to at the start. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's story number one. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> So so what happened on the next next time you went out? And are all your stories are all kind of all happened with your investigations that you do, right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and what kind and, of got you into doing that? Well, you know, I, I guess when it came to the paranormal when I was younger, I, I never kind of really understood what was going on. I lived in a house that was built in 1906. It was a very old house, very creaky. And it's like I would hear noises and my mother would be like, oh, no, it's just this. And it's like I knew it was something more, but I never really pursued it. As a kid, you're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> so it wasn't until I got older and uh, I actually started to watch more paranormal investigating shows. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know what? This is something I've always been fascinated with. I have issues with death as it is in my own mind, how I feel about it. So it's like, it's almost, I want to communicate with the other side to see what they're feeling. What is it like over there? How do you feel over there? Do you feel trapped? Are you, are you comfortable? So it just kind of really kicked those thoughts into overdrive as I got older. And I was like, well, why not do this? Why not get out there and see what we can see instead of just being like, hmm, I wonder. And I do have a lot of experiences where I'm somewhat skeptical about it, but then it just, it turns right around and it proves me, proves me wrong. It's like, there it is. Here's your evidence. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't get here. (laughs) And so, so what happened on your, on your second, for your second story? Um, I believe the second one, Riverview, the old Riverview Mental Hospital in Coquitlam, BC, fantastic hospital, amazing buildings. I mean, just staying outside, you can feel the energy. It's phenomenal. They film a lot of uh, TV and movies there. So the buildings are still being used. They are sectioned off to where you can't get inside, but we were lucky enough to be able to get into one of them. How did you land that? We talked to one of the security guards that was there, and he allowed us to go in, kind of just look around carefully, because the one we were wanting to go in, the floors that we could go in on were safe. Right. There are other areas of these buildings that aren't. They're they're kind of falling apart. And, yeah. But um, the dangers that you guys deal with during these investigations, right? Yeah. You definitely do. You definitely deal with one place that I've been wanting to go to is a lot more, I guess you could say it's falling apart even worse. And I don't know that we'll ever be able to get in there because they're probably going to end up redoing it. But that's uh, another mental hospital here in Cedar Woolley. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you see, you can see, you know, the years and years of wear on these buildings. So you do want to be careful. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. You don't want to get into trouble. But um, chasing you as a ghost, right? So no, exactly. <laughs> I've never had that experience. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. With the uh, with Riverview, it was pretty interesting because we went in there and I had a friend of mine with us that she's a sensitive and oh, okay. uh, she we were on the second floor and she calls me. She's like, Tara, come here now, quick. And I was like, What is it? And she's like, Come over here immediately. And there's something in this room. So without even asking questions, I just stood in the doorway of the room and I started to take a series of photos. And we didn't look at it then. We you know we didn't have much time to kind of investigate the area because he was only giving us a little bit of time Mm -hmm. it wasn't until we had left and got back 
back home and I started actually looking through the photos that I caught that one photo. And now the room itself is just a room with a window and there's nothing else in there. And I took a series of photos and I caught one of the photos. It looks like uh, an apparition of possibly a child. I'm not really sure because the, the, the building we were in was a series of different buildings. It was a veterans hospital. Then by the time it had gotten further along, it became a tuberculosis hospital. Uh, right. tuberculosis clinic. So, okay. been any type of person, you know, it could have been a veteran, it could have been a child. I don't know. It's very hard to make it out, but I got that photo, and there was only that one because every photo after it was just of the room, and it was a clear shot of the room, every picture. And I was like, wow, <laughs> how did we get this yeah. one? I'm looking at it right now, and I'm, I'm trying to decipher it and it's so creepy looking eh yeah it's really weird because it actually even looks like there's stuff on the wall yeah that's that's where my eyes first go to i'm like what is all that and then you look over and you're like oh my god there's someone standing there so that's a a really awesome evidence that you were able to capture yeah that was pretty trippy um Mm -hmm. we didn't get we got a series of other little things like we we could see a mist in another photo and um some orbs but mm-hmm. that was that was one of the the major catches that we got. Yeah, and when you were in the when you were in the actual hospital, could you feel energy around you? I could. It was it was amazing. It was just the building itself because we went in October, so it wasn't very cold. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like the building itself had almost like a warm feeling to it. But you had your cold spots, and you would get this massive shot of energy like we did right in front of that room. Okay. My friend, went, she's like, the energy coming from this room is ridiculous. Hmm. She's like, I have to take a picture. And that's why I didn't do anything else other than take that photo. But yeah, it was it was crazy. And it, I mean, not to mention, my adrenaline goes up when I get into these buildings anyway, because it's just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you yeah, know? you're on high alert so, and you're wanting to find this evidence that you're, that you're able to capture. Exactly. It feels like you must be like hunting something, right? That energy going and all the excitement. So yeah, yeah that's great. And it's funny. It's being a paranormal investigator is like being a detective because it's almost being a detective for the afterlife because you're trying to figure out where these people are from, what time they're from, what they went through. And in an aspect of having an old hospital like that, like I said, you're dealing with so many different years. I mean, years and years and years of different people. It's just, it's phenomenal. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so so you were saying that you used a sensitive person for your investigations. We all know that now you use flashlights as well, right? What are yeah. some of the other things that you use when you're investigating do you use voice recorders or do you use spirit boards or anything like that or are you guys strictly just like just going in solo and just seeing what you can get on camera and taking pictures and whatnot um we like to do a lot of old school things we have a uh, I, I just recently at christmas bought our bought a myself and my fellow investigator digital recorders but i had had a a regular recorder before we have a, a set of dousing rods actually we have two sets of dousing rods now we have one large one and a smaller set mm-hmm. uh, so we've acquired some more equipment back when we were doing the Riverview investigation and Mount Hope, it was just the recorder and the flashlight because we didn't really get into too much more stuff at that point because, you know, that's all we had. Right. We've now. What's your favorite uh, piece of equipment to use? Um, well, we've just added two more pieces of equipment that have always been my favorite and I can't wait to use them. And that's the REM pod and oh. uh, the tri field meter. 
um, those two have always been my favorite, and I haven't had a chance yet to use them. That's why I can't wait to get back out and uh, start investigating again. What's the what's the tri? What was that one called? The tri field meter is a meter that reads in three different electromagnetic fields. It reads in electronic, magnetic, and then the radio frequency. Oh, okay. Kind of get three different readings. And of course, you know, wherever you are, you have to make sure that you know your readings. Like if you're in a house that still has electricity and stuff like that, you have to make sure you know your readings. Right. You know, like what the house would come up to itself. So whatever readings over that would be what you would be getting. Yeah. Yeah. Your supernatural side. Yeah. So that's a pretty interesting meter. I have a K2 meter now. So we, we've got a few different pieces that we've added. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was just going to say the last, the other uh, investigation that I had put up there, we used the SB7 spirit box and our recorders for that one and our dowsing oh. room. And that was actually for this past year's National Ghost Hunting Day. We were a part of the world's largest ghost hunt with over 150 plus teams all over the world. No um, yeah, it was really awesome. It was, it, yeah. it was an amazing experience. But all over the world, investigating different areas and you know different haunted locations. And we had chosen here a place that I've been wanting to go to forever. It's uh, Manresa Castle. I believe it was no. built in 1892. I don't want to say the year wrong, but I believe that was the year. And it's a phenomenal castle. When you get there, you can see all the old pieces and then, you know, the new that they've added. We chose room 306. There's 306 and then 302, which are like highly charged rooms. Right. The room we chose, there was a a documentation that a young lady that had stayed there, I believe back in 1905, had killed herself by throwing herself from the window when she found out that her um, fiancé had died at sea. Oh, jeez. So that was... Yeah, Why we chose that. that house then? <laughs> it was horrible because now, I don't know how true uh, the newest information was, but um, there were reports that that he actually didn't pass away; he was still alive. So, oh jeez, it's even more heartbreaking <laughs> when you, okay. you think about it. But we went into that room, and that room was, was an amazing room. It really was. We actually slept in the room overnight too, which was crazy. Ooh, but uh, anything creepy <laughs> happen? Well, when you, this is another thing where we didn't exactly be, we weren't able to go over our evidence while we were there um, Mm because we didn't have everything we needed. So we did our investigation and and we have a two major points that happened right at the very end, which one of them was visual that you would actually have to be able to see in the recording that we have. And it's an actual face that begins to manifest almost next to the flash. And a friend of mine told me that it's called a crone, which is an old displaced spirit. It's been around for years and years and years and years and years. And it's just never been able to move on. I'm still doing research on that. So crone, K-R-O-N-E? Yeah. Oh, wow. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Old school. That's why I was going to do a little bit more research on it to see what, what the background is on it. But it started to uh, you know, manifest, and then it started to kind of change the way it looked. And then you didn't see it anymore in the video. But in the moment, we didn't see it at all, of course. Only picked up after we reviewed it. But the major thing that happened was I was sitting there doing the flashlight thing again. Because <laughs> yeah. everything I was trying, you know, we got, we got a few things. The SB7 and the dowsing rods were amazing, but I wanted to try the flashlight again because 
Another one of the entities that has been said to be in the room that we were staying in was uh, the granddaughter of Charles Eisenbeis, who built the castle as a home for his family. She passed away when she was 13 years of age. Huh. So a lot of people have said that her spirit, as well as Kate Eisenbeis, who was his wife, frequent. the ho- It's a hotel now, of course. So I, I decided I was going to try the flashlight thing again because I had – the experience at Mount Hope with it. Mm-hmm. And hey, it works once. Yeah, right? Yeah, one, and it turned off all the lights in the room. I just focused it on one part of the... I actually focused it on the wall over by the window where the girl would have committed suicide. So we were in that location. And I'm just sitting there talking, basically saying the same thing. You know, we're not here to hurt anybody. We're just trying to learn. We just want to communicate with you. Try and see what you can do if you can manipulate this light. And it started flickering and kind of going a little dim. Nothing major. But a lot of flickering. And we saw the face in the video. When you're watching the video, you can see that it all happens in almost a 15-minute area. You see the face manifest, and it's, it's all, all together. Because right at the very end of the video that we're taking, you know, I'm talking to them. They're manipulating the light. They're doing a fantastic job. My fellow investigator, she starts to say something to me, and then she goes, oh, that. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought maybe I blinded her with the flashlight. And she's like, no, it's not you. Something just grabbed my arm. Oh, jeez. I was like, really? And I said, they must be going to end the set. And before I even got that out, the flashlight went completely dim. Oh, I mean, you could only look at the flashlight and see like a little speck of light coming out of it. But it was not radiating any light on the wall. Right. I, I told her, I said, I did not I did not touch the button. And you can clearly hear if the button's, yeah. you know, because yeah. it's a loud button. Right. And you know, we were just like, oh, my God, thank you so much. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and we were just completely blown away by that. And, of course, wow. right at that moment, we that ended the second hour because it was a two-hour investigation, mm-hmm. um, the second hour being our own personal investigation. So that's the, uh, the evidence we caught from there. But later on that evening when we were sleeping, there's said to be an entity in there. There's two beds in that room, and there's one bed that's over by the – the door to the room but my friend was sleeping in that bed i know when i got woken up it was 3 a.m oh geez i felt a really weird feeling but it was nothing you know too bad that basically made me get up and kind of look around but i didn't see anything and i just kind of looked around while i was laying there and listened for a little bit and went back to sleep my fellow investigator the next morning, she told me, she's like, it was so weird. I felt like something was holding me down Jeez. in bed. I was like, really? Because we had seen um, Manresa Castle, this very same room, 306, uh, investigated by the Ghost Adventures, oh. um, their episodes. They had been told that the people in that, that come and stay in that room have had experiences to where they're, they feel like they're being held down in that specific bed that she was sitting in. And I was like, well, that's crazy. Maybe you, you had the same experience that they had. It didn't freak her out too bad. She, she didn't feel threatened by it. It it was almost as if maybe somebody almost like tucking you in. Okay. So it was really, it was it was a bizarre experience. But the next day we, I checked the flashlight again and it was, it still wasn't working. Then again, you know, brand new batteries, perfectly fine flashlight, still not working. We leave and by the time I got, 
got back home the next day, the flashlight started working again. Huh. Really weird. <laughs> so, wow, you got this flashlight thing going on. So crazy. I know. It's it's really weird to me because it's like you think it's like it's just a flashlight. You wouldn't think you would get so much out of it. Little yeah, simple things. Sure. Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid, right? So but yeah, though the one thing about you waking up at three AM and you're just looking around the room, you feel like you're being watched in that feeling of I know that heavy chest feeling like you're like there's something else with you right now right that just freaks me out so much yeah uh, and the funny thing is it turns out when we saw that video that where the face was manifesting was actually over the bed that i was sleeping in so (laughs) whatever that was that was watching us but i never felt anything threatening Mm -hmm. don't know if it's because you know we come when we come into an investigation like i said before we're not here to harm anybody we're just here to learn Mm -hmm. we just want to talk to you so i don't know if maybe they felt like they weren't being threatened so they weren't going to do any massive threatening to us i don't know i hope so (laughs) but it was weird very weird waking up and and just feeling like somebody was there but nobody was there yeah that's the whole thing it's constantly there's something new something different at every investigation that you go to right it's not going to ever be the same thing going over and over maybe similarities but it's always different which is a great thing about the job that you have there so any plans for the future coming up well we've got a a a few pieces here about my my favorite location we've investigated a few locations in vegas basically not las vegas itself but like out in the desert part of vegas is where i want to go right i drove by the goldfield hotel goldfield nevada which is supposed to be a very haunted hotel of course i couldn't go into it because it was closed but just standing outside of it was palpable because like i said you can feel the energies coming off of it and yeah. uh, it was quite an experience and then um I've seen the Mizpah Hotel. That's another place I'd love to get into. The Pioneer Saloon we went to in uh, Good Springs, Nevada. That was an amazing place. Oh, yeah. It's just There's just so much. I want to go to Virginia City. There's actually a paranormal convention coming up in May. I believe it's called Paracon, and it's going to be in Virginia City, and they're actually going to do investigations of the Silver Queen and the Washu Club. Oh, no way. That'd be cool. You think you're going to go? Yes. We definitely want to do that. be fun we've got we've got a few ideas out there a few little areas in around town that we want to look at we've got a few old haunted buildings here that mm. we look into as well so it's just a matter of talking to people and yeah you know, no, absolutely. luckily we're a small group it's just the two of us mm-hmm. it should be easy yeah those are some really really creepy and scary stories i don't know how you volunteer your time to go out and do this stuff on a regular basis you're a very brave person I gotta say. Well, we have such an immense interest in it. Every day I'm thinking of, of new things and new ways that we can get out there and investigate and find this this information that we look for, the secrets yeah, to what's there after you die. Absolutely. It, the evidence that you've caught already, that video that you sent me is unbelievable. I'm going to be posting it on Twitter and and uh, linking it on on my Instagram. It's awesome. And then the photos that you had were unbelievable as well. And you've been doing it for such a short time that you just, I think you just have like a bit of a knack for it, being able to be right place, right time, right? Well, I also think, like I said, I think it plays a lot in the type of investigator you are. If you don't come in, I want you to tell me what you know now. You come in one from them. I, I feel like they don't feel like they're as threatened. So your evidence will be, I don't know, it would be better almost 
because right. it's almost like they want to show you. Yeah, we are here. We do want to communicate with you. I don't know what to say if we ever hit uh, a malevolent spirit. I hope that never happens. But we don't deal with spirit boards or anything like that. I, I won't. I don't mess with those. Not your cup of tea. No. <laughs> uh, it's just you know the whole. You can open a gateway, but you always have to be able to close it. And yeah. with it's the scary part. How the hell yeah. do you close? Yeah. yeah. Well, you have how to close it and that part we're still kind of learning that's why we don't we don't mess with that <laughs> there's a lot in it to, to making sure that you don't leave a gateway open do you have a favorite or, investigation that you've done i don't know they're all my favorite right now because they're all so fresh and new yeah yeah manresa was phenomenal because we were a part of that huge ghost hunt with all these other teams um, yeah, did it feel like a competition or was it everyone working together no, it was like it was like paranormal unity. We were all, you know, working together on our own locations. Everybody was encouraging everybody. I mean, it was really it was it was a great it was a great thing. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, the between everyone, everyone's yeah, they all want to do the same thing and find out some actual hardcore truth to this stuff, right? Yeah. Which is what I think you're finding right now with those, like that, that one picture. It's just like a misty person standing there, face and everything. So. You're very young in this field, and you're growing, and it's only it's only going to get uh, better and better for you. I think you got a very promising career in this uh, field, so keep it up. And uh, yeah, I do look forward to talking to you again very soon. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Tara, one of the head investigators for Phantom Realm. Uh, thanks for being on the Ghost Train today. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. All righty. Great. Bye, Tara. Bye. That's all for this week's podcast. Thanks to Tara for sharing some of her spooky stories with us. If anyone has any information about Crone, the type of old spirit Tara was telling us about, shoot me a message on Twitter or Instagram. Check out at Phantom Realm PSI on Twitter today, and don't forget that they'll be in Virginia City in May for Paracon. I'll be posting the pics that Tara and I were discussing on my Instagram, at Ghost Train Podcast, and on my Twitter, at Ghost Train PC. Don't forget to subscribe to the Ghost Train and share it with a friend. If you want to be a passenger just like today's guest, shoot me a message on any of my social media platforms that I just told you about. And until the next train, good luck sleeping tonight. <laughs>